Welcome to Live Happily Ever Awesome. Join me and PACT certified therapist Julie Rappaport where we discuss relationships, learn how to bring the magic back to yours, and become a better partner. To join the discussion live, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Clydesdale Media. Sign up for notifications so you can call in with your questions or just join the chat. Be sure to like and share these episodes with your partner and friends. The following presentation is not therapy or a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. We are back. Episode seven of Live Happily Ever Awesome. Julie, PAC certified couples counselor, and we are talking about the other two attachment styles that we haven't talked about yet, among other things. (laughs) Among other things, yes. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just kind of feel like I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, I hear you, Mama. Yeah. So, but good. Yeah. Awesome. What's the weather like out there? Is it cold? No, it's well. I mean, it's cool, but it's nice. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, we we try to keep this under wraps, but Colorado has really great weather. <laughs> Um, in general, we have a lot of days of sun. So that's nice. Yeah. It's warming up here. It's almost going to be like 60 degrees. And it was, I think it was around 20 or 30 on Saturday. So it's up and down very mild winter so far. Knock on wood. I'm I'm hoping it stays that way. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We're about 40 right now. Nice. So let's get into, uh, these, these styles. I I've been talking with friends and we've been comparing notes about, um, the two that we've already talked about, right? The um, anxious attached and the avoidant attached. And we're all still very confused about what we are <laughs> or that we're, you know, uh, hybrids of of some and, and others and things like that. So I'm anxious to see what these other two are to just confuse me even more. Yeah. I mean, well, just to caveat on that a little bit is that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, fit solidly into one or solidly into the other. You could be in one and then have smatterings of the other. But oftentimes I was just talking to a friend um, about this of that you can, you know, if you're say that I'm oriented more like an island and my partner is more of an island, then Mm -hmm. I'm gonna start looking like a more like a wave. Okay. Because there's something called complementarity that happens that oftentimes we'll kind of balance one another out. And so if one person kind of trumps the other, then oftentimes, you know, you can start looking a little bit more wavish and, but two islands can be together and two waves can be together. One will just look a little bit more like the other than, you know, the opposite than, than the other one, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... (laughs) So, um, so yeah, we'll dive in. So the two that are left are disorganized and secure, um, disorganized. We'll just dive into that. That is, um, disorganized attachment is, uh, it's occurring in about 20 to 40% of the population. Um, and it's created when your parental figure, your primary caregiver is the source of fear. 
So, you know, this kid is looking for love and they are like, they're going towards this figure, but then in return, they're getting also abuse or mistreatment. So, um, um, so it could look like the, the primary caregiver is emotionally or physically abusive. Um, they could be emotionally neglectful, um, the primary caregiver could be abusive to another family member. Um, the parental figure or primary caregiver is unpredictable, um, emotionally unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of times you'll find somebody with this attachment. It's not uncommon to hear that they have a parent with um, mental health issues Um what's called personality disorders. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's common. Um, So as a result, you know, you can imagine this kid needing their parental figure and wanting kind of this closeness, but then like being fearful of, of that and getting a, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a source of pain, right? So it's um, this inner, kind of the brake and the accelerator on at the same time. Um, and it's, it's confusing for people in relationship to be in relationship with these types of individuals. And it's also confusing for the individual themselves. Um, so, you know, they, they desperately, they want connection, but they fear connection. Mm. So it's kind of a conundrum for them. And so then they could, they act in ways that are kind of unpredictable, you know, like at times they might seek connection and their partner's like, oh, this is great. And then same sort of scenario. And they're like, absolutely not. Um, they, they don't have an internal sense of safety um, because that wasn't provided for them when they were you know, there was no sense of safety there. So connection for them is uh, complicated, I guess. It's, you know, um, so anyway, you look like you had a question. No, so hot and cold kind of? Yes, it's a very unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to, whether they're going to want connection or not. Um, So you, you might be going off of something and then, oh, you know, you're like, you don't know whether you're coming or going with them. They also carry um, a lot of shame. Um, They feel kind of unworthy, unlovable. Mm -hmm. Um, They, they are exquisitely sensitive uh, in terms of a a lot of reactivity um, so that you might, excuse me, say something and they just, they turn it, they can easily hear it as rejecting. Um, and so then they can escalate their, you know, their fight or flight system is like the, what we, sorry, Mike. Okay. Um, this is good. I like it. So there's something called the window of tolerance. Um, okay. And that is the, what, where we can stay in and not go into fight, flight, freeze, or, collapse. So those are kind of like this window that in which we can exist. And when we 
hit our upper level and it's too much for our system, then we go into fight, flight, or freeze. And then if it's too much for our system and we're more oriented towards collapse, then we'll go down into what's called parasympathetic collapse. Okay. Um, and that's where depression comes and ultimately death. Mm -hmm. um, but what happens for these individuals? So the bigger our window of tolerance, the more we can handle and you know, the more regulated we can be in, in more um, pot potentially uh, activating circumstances, we can actually still stay regulated. But these individuals that are, are dis with, that are disorganized in terms of their attachment have a window of tolerance that's very narrow. And so they are constantly shooting outside of that. And so they're very reactive. They're very mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a hard thing to be in relationship with because you have a very narrow window with which to exist with them. Do they, do they typically fight versus flight or is it, it doesn't matter. They could do either. I feel like I these think, people fight yeah, more. I would say, I mean, it's hard to, to, I haven't, you know, I haven't actually had a lot of these in my practice, to be honest. Okay. okay. That's good. Uh, but the one that the one in particular that I can remember uh, was extremely reactive and more fight. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also freeze, and they also they also want to leave the room. They also, you know, so it's kind mm -hmm. of like this mishmash of whatever they can do to feel safe. Yeah, that's an um, hour. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a very you know when you when I tap into the the kids that are raised this way, it's it's sad you know it's yeah. just so like these poor little souls that wanted connection so bad but then feared it you know yeah. it was like terrifying for them. Corey says he must be really organized because he put up with his ex for nineteen years before he finally had enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He must be, he must be secure attached or, or something. Maybe we'll learn about that. So it sounds like this disorganized um, attachment style then is, sounds like of the four, probably the toughest to sort of yeah. overcome. And, and it sounds like, you know, the most traumatic in terms of, you know, growing up in that type of situation as well. Um, what does, what does therapy or couples counseling look like when you've got someone in that with that attachment style? Um, well, uh, I mean, obviously it's more longer term um, than, than perhaps the others because you're, you know, without safety and security, you can't really build anything. Like that's the foundation that then you're building the house on and safety and security because it was, you know, so uh, non-existent for them. Um and that's embedded into their little cellular system from way back when um, it, it takes a long time and consistency and persistence to create that in, in themselves. Right. So, I mean, it would be great if they had individual therapy to like help. I was just going to say they probably yeah. could, could use that as well. Yeah. That as well as, you know, how do they create that um, in their relationship um, and, it takes a patient partner. It takes um, 
a partner that does understand this upbringing. Um, and you have to, you know, also just as a couples therapist, you have to understand that there was some resonance with this partner to pick this person, right? Mm. So there's some, there's some resonance there. Otherwise it's, it's just too, like they wouldn't be attracted to one another. Mm -hmm. So there's something where, you know, where this partner could be maybe not disorganized, but, you know, is used to a chaotic environment. Like they were raised with lots and lots of kids in the house or alcoholism or, you know, something where their, their, uh, their system is oriented a lot towards chaos. And so then that might make them gravitate towards a disorganized individual because there is just a lot of, um, it's just these relationships in relationship with an individual like this, it's can be like really chaotic kind of mm -hmm. toxic at times, um, intense conflict. Um, yeah, it gives me so much anxiety. It just, it reminds me of um, how I was describing Wadapalooza and not wanting to go to Wadapalooza for years and years because it's too chaotic for me. <clears throat> so I can't imagine being with somebody, uh, you know, of that attachment style. I think that would make me nauseous constantly. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's so sad because they're trapped into, in, in this, way of being, you know, and, and I think that they, they need it, they want out, but they just have no idea how to, how to get that. Yeah. And, and so they're constantly, you know, they, they, they fear getting close, but they desire to be close, you know, and that just, am I coming or going that internal conflict in them? I I'm sure just is agonizing. Sure. Yeah. It's gotta be torture. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of these people might gossip about others in order to kind of feel, um, like some self-worth. What's going on, Jules? With what? I don't know. I hear like banging or someone moving something. No. Yeah. Oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> oh, this is a ghost. There's Maybe. nobody. No. Okay. Nothing's happening here either. I heard it. Maybe maybe it was just my imagination. Way too many people for Waza for me. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> and you haven't had much experience. You said this is a relatively, you said a pretty low percentage of people or? Yeah. Like, I mean, statistics say like 20 to 40% of the general population. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. To so that, see my that's actually high then, right? If you're talking four different attachment styles and you're you're more than a quarter of them are, are that that's, that's like a majority. That's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know why. I mean, perhaps it's the demographic where I am or, you know, I don't know, but, um, but these people, when I have had them in my practice, they're actually, as long as you can understand what, what's in front of you, um, they're really, it's really rewarding work. Yeah, really sure. Work because it's, you know, when you can see somebody this that's trapped and really speak to that individual um, of, and having so much empathy of, you know, they did what they, they're, they're this way because they had to survive this way and these poor little things. Um, then it really gives you a, 
a way in to, to kind of start to build the rapport that they could begin to maybe have a semblance of trust. And then as soon as they, they feel that semblance of trust, then they're going to um, back off because it creates anxiety for them of like, oh, just when I'm starting to feel safe, mm. then you're going to beat me or then you're going to do yeah. X or um, and so it's, uh, but it's, if you, if you could stick with them, uh, I mean, it's extremely rewarding. Um, I wonder too, the, you mentioned that, you know, people that are coupled, paired up with these folks, you know, probably have, you know, something going on in them as well to have them attracted to that. Do you find that a lot of people towards the disorganized attachment styles are maybe people that try to fix or they're like fixers problem solvers like rescuers yes i would say they can tend to be more on the um on the more on the codependent end mm -hmm. of i think they too have had some sort they might not uh they might have coped differently in their childhood but they have they have some sort of um, abuse or neglect or, uh, you know, like I said, extreme chaos in their childhood that mm -hmm. helps them gravitate towards somebody like that. Or, you know, that they themselves might not be disorganized, but they had an abusive parent and they're trying to kind of... Um, it's kind of unconsciously their way of trying to uh, heal that being with this kind of partner who can tend to look very abusive in the way in which they, um, because they get so dysregulated, they're, they're not in their body much, much of the time. And so, so yeah, it's, it's intense. So, I mean, you can kind of think of if you're, you know, if you were to think of this as like, uh, this person presents and you're trying to maybe say, oh, you know, I've learned about attachment. And so I want to see whether they're avoidant or they're anxious. And you're like, wow, they and like we were just talking of how we might have little splatterings of, of mm -hmm. each. These people have tend to have both um, at completely random times. And, you know, there's no real predictability to any of it. Um, so it's like island wave put together plus complete unpredictability and volatility. Um, so it's it's like you can't really put them in any category. It's right. just, you know, if you think the word disorganized, it's just like mm -hmm. whatever tool mm -hmm. they grab at the, mm -hmm. at the moment. Yeah. Okay. And so in contrast to that, we've got this secure attached and and secure <laughs> securely attached individuals i mean you know i say this with in jest but they're kind of boring <laughs> you know, they're, they're just uh they're so easy in terms of you know how to how to um coming into therapy you're you're just like oh my god these are dreams dreams um yeah. it's very there's an immediate uh there's an immediate energy of collaboration. Um, these people uh, know they seek connection. Connection is easy for them. 
um, but they don't need connection. Like it's not, uh, oh my God, I'm going to die if I have, but they're just, uh, they just flow very easily in and out of independence and interdependence. They're just, um, and they get, they understand that um, they have needs and that others have needs and they're willing to meet their, the other person's needs because they trust that their needs will get met by then. The other, like they just get collaboration very easily. Um, it's natural to them. They understand um, conflict resolution. Uh, they understand fighting fair. They understand, they, uh, they apologize quickly and easily they um, they want what's best for the team. They, I mean, it's just like when you're just like, wow, <laughs> like is there anything that you don't do well in relationship? Like they right. just, they are um, pretty dreamy in terms of. Do they do they often choose other secure attached people, or not necessarily? Because I would imagine that you don't get, too, or if you do get too many, do you get many secure attached couples? that come in for therapy or is it, is it true that they're so easy breezy that they don't have issues? So there's, there's, uh, it's a, a more convoluted question, but just to try to simplify it, like, so you, you're talking about, do you have two securely attached individuals mm -hmm. in a relationship, a relationship. They, need your, they need your help? Yes, but it's very easy work and very quick. Um, because they just need like little tune-ups, little things that they're like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, just little reminders, little things that maybe they hadn't thought about, or just, it's, it's just a very quick, if I have two of those individuals, it's very quick and easy. A lot of times these people will come in um, for premarital mm -hmm. therapy um, because they're like, well, we're really good, but we just want to make it great, you know? And mm -hmm. it's just, uh, they, they are forward thinking, you know, they want to prevent anything from happening in the future. And, um, so they're just, they're just easy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but they don't always not a secure functioning individual or sorry, securely attached individual does not always wind up with a securely attached right. partner. Mm -hmm. um, but so in impact terms, just to go back to that is we call securely attached individuals anchors. Okay. So the anchor, the wave and the island. Um, so anchors um, can oftentimes in relationship bring, if, the, if they're with somebody who's insecurely attached, like uh, avoidant or anxious, Mm -hmm. they will tend to be able to pull that person more into secure attachment. Mm, okay. So it's really sweet to be in relationship with somebody like that. Yeah. So, so not much, not much to say there about that. Uh, what percentage of people are securely attached? I don't have the percentage offhand. Um, I, I mean, I'd love to say it's a lot, but I don't, think it truly is unfortunately yeah. yeah um but you know i i would i mean and but that also could be because they don't really need a lot of therapy because you know sure. so maybe they're not the couples that are like desperate to come in because mm -hmm. they kind of can figure a lot of this 
out because of just how they're oriented. They're, they're just uh, collaborators. They understand team and how to work together and how to make it a win-win. And, and by using the, you know, the philosophy of pact and the attachment from birth, I, th- I feel like, yeah, you'd have to have a very normal upbringing, right? And like a, a securely attached, you know, attachment to your primary caregiver. And unfortunately, you know, that's not the norm or it doesn't seem like the norm with everything that's going on today. So it's just so interesting to me that this is all related to, you know, your earlier years of upbringing. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah it is. It's And it's, you know, you can go as, as surface or as deep as you want. It's, it's, yeah. uh, and it's, and it's accurate, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of undeniable. Yeah. Um, so just to, as a caveat to what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. securely attached. Um, so in pact, what we are guiding our couples towards is what's called the secure functioning relationship. Okay. And that is different than securely attached individual. Mm-hmm. You could have two people that are insecurely attached, right? But have a secure functioning relationship. So if that, I don't know if that right, is- like islands and waves can still have a securely attached relationship. They don't have to be a securely attached person to do that. They can have a securely functioning relationship. Securely functioning, yeah, relationship. Yes, um, but it's harder, it might be a little bit harder for them to get those concepts as quickly as if I had two securely attached individuals Mm -hmm. in my office, it would be game on from the beginning. And they, you know, it's kind of like one or two sessions, they'd be done. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So those are the, those are the four. Um, People are running around taking tests online and trying to figure out what they are and having conversations about what they may or may not be. And I still don't really know for myself, but, uh, you know, we'll work on that. Well, they could certainly, if they wanted to call in, this is true and and discuss how, you know, talk about what they experience and what they're questioning and I could help them. Um, that's of interest. I love that. Um, okay. Uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, can't, can't have a podcast on relationships and not, right. talk about that. not talk about Valentine's Day. So I'm curious for the folks that are listening um, and they can put it in the chat, what they typically do for Valentine's Day. Let's just do a round table of what we do for Valentine's Day, whether it's with our spouses or with our kids or anything like that. And then we can sort of talk about how we feel about all that. Yeah. So I will start. Um, okay. I'm not a big Valentine's Day person. Um, my stepmother who passed away a couple years ago, her birthday is actually on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So it's been more of a her birthday than than Valentine's Day. Um, <clears throat> I have tried to, my parents growing up um, definitely celebrated it with my brother and I. You know, mm-hmm. we would get a card and maybe some candy and, you know, at school you do the Valentines and, you know, give them to all your friends and, and that was always super fun. Um, I don't know that I do it consistently with my kids. I've, I've tried to in, in years past, I'm not a big holiday person anyway, just, and that's just me. Um, so some years if I'm, you know, not busy and feeling resourceful, I will go all out and, you know, do something nice for the kids and get them a card and maybe some candy or whatever, like my mom did, but most years not. Um, and I've got one up and out now and the other one I barely see. So no one's, no one's getting anything from me for Valentine's day this year. 
Um, and, and my husband and I, I think, you know, we typically do cards. Um, you know, I find it really hard to find cards that don't have a lot of language in it that I wouldn't necessarily organically talk like, you know, or like it doesn't speak to sort of how I feel or, or the things that I would say. So, I mean, I prefer just sort of a handwritten note than a, than a pre-published card because I could sit there and look at those for hours and not find any that are really appropriate. I mean, I, even for birthdays and things like that, when you buy them for relatives and like for my grand, for my dad, for my kids, it's always like grandpa and they don't call him grandpa, you know, they call him pup up and you can't find a card that says, you know, pup up on it. Or if you do, you know, you get it for him every year <laughs> um, yeah. at the drugstore. So it's just kind of interesting. Um, that's, that's how we do Valentine's Day at our house. How about you? I don't know if we do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll say happy Valentine's Day in a little bit of a, a joking way mm -hmm. or something, but my mom and my mother-in-law definitely do things for the kids, you know, give them little trinkets and things mm -hmm. like, you know, they're, they won't, I've, I've asked them not like my mother-in-law definitely is not into, um, candy and sugary things, but my mm -hmm. mom would be more apt to give, I don't know, like we, when we were growing up, my grandma, my mom's mom would get us, um, marshmallow hearts, um, chocolate covered marshmallow hearts. Nice. And I know we were always like really into that, but so I think my mom would be more apt to do something like that. But I, I told her, I think very, when the kids were early on, like, no candy, you know, we don't. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so now she's she'll get them little little things, little stuffed animals or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as yeah, I just in I just think that it's a holiday. I'm I you know I was I know there's history to it with like I feel like it might go back to paganism or something. Right, Saint Valentine, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And so it's just interesting to me the whole um, how it came about. But I just feel like our society has made it into this big thing that people have to be romantic. And if they, you know, and I was thinking about this yesterday of like, what, why don't we as a society have like a I'm single day? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, like it's like, why is it celebrated? So like this, I feel like this holiday comes about and, you know, my friends who are single, um, oftentimes are then get depressed, mm -hmm. you know, of like, they, they are, they feel like they're not in it. They're not in the norm. They're not, they're not, um, they're missing out and right be this. And, um, and I just, I just think that it really is unnecessary for those, you know, it's like, can't we celebrate if we're in a couple or if we're not like, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's about love, but, um, people that are not in a couple also love. Mm -hmm. you know? I like this. Yeah. Yash gets his mom flowers because his yeah. parents are divorced. That's sweet. Yeah. I think I would I would die if my son got me flowers on Valentine's Day. Oh my God, right? <laughs> but yes, yeah. it's a social social construct designed for profit. You can be romantic on other days. Yeah. It's true. That's, that's kind of how I 
operate and I operate uh, uh, that way around the holidays too. I have this same sort of sentiment in my, in me of like, why, why do we wait till this one day to get people nice things or, you know, have the, the spirit of the holidays, you know, mm -hmm. we that way all the time. Um, like it, it shouldn't be just one day or yeah. eight days or whatever it is. It's, I kind of believe that we should reserve that for the whole year. Yeah, that's true. Good point. It's also a week before my birthday, so I feel like I always got cheated. If there were Valentine's Day gifts, it's like the the kid that's born close to Christmas. You know, you don't get <laughs> you have to split that stuff up. So, especially like in my younger years, when you know, if I had a boyfriend or something, and we were doing Valentine, you know, extravagant getting Valentine's Day gifts, and then you know, it would be my birthday a week later. I'm like, oh, okay. Wh which one are you going to spend money on? Right, right. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think there's certain expectations that people have nowadays with mm -hmm. I mean, just with, you know, even growing up and, oh, people, yeah, even in schools, like, you know, exchanging little things and right. it's, it's, this is what we do. And so then if you're in a relationship and it doesn't happen or you're not in a relationship, so it doesn't happen, like yeah. there's some, something of like, there's something wrong. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting too. I mean, we talk about communication a lot and I think it's just if, as long as everybody's expectations are known and met, then it can be whatever you want it to be. You know, yeah. if you and your partner are really make a big deal about it and want to go out to dinner and, you know, do something nice for each other and get flowers, like that's great. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're not into that and you don't, that's fine too. I mean, it's a built in date night for, you know, right couples that have, I mean, especially those with kids, you can mm -hmm. built in date night. So. Right. An excuse to go do something, which is. Totally yeah. Fine. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, go do your thing. <sighs> All right. So next week, are we Wednesday? I believe so. Yeah. Let's see if we have staff meetings. I think we are. Yeah. And we need a topic. We do. So we're going to, we're going to put it out there. We'll do some stuff on Instagram and, and do some polls and see uh, <clears throat> what people want to talk about. When we had some ideas, um, obviously communication is a, is a huge one that we could dig into. Um, what else did we talk about? Love languages. Um, we could talk about um, what a secure functioning relationship looks like or like, Ooh take a couple of the principles of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we've, we've toyed around with the idea with having guests too, right? Like people that actually have some, some things that they want to talk about or deal with um, either on the phone or on camera. So if you guys know of anybody that, you know, would be interested in putting themselves out there um, for our benefit and entertainment um, to, to learn about, you know, what a healthy relationship looks like or what it takes to, you know, get get that back in your own relationship we are taking applications for that as well so. yeah and I mean, it could be where there's a couple that comes on um we could have a series yeah we could have a series or you know if you're like oh we just you know we want a quick little freebie 20 minute right session or whatever we have this particular issue that's really bugging us and how do we yeah. get over it yeah yeah i like it 
Jody Lynn says, how about the process of finding a good therapist to meet your situation? That's also helpful. Just do the opposite of what I do. I don't know what that means. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I can speak to Jody's. Yeah, let's talk about that. We've got a little bit of time. Um, it, it, well, first of all, it depends on, uh, <laughs> there's a jillion different modalities. Um, you know, PACT is the one that I use. There's EFT, there's Gottman, there's, you know, there, there's, you could look into all different kinds of couples therapy modalities. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of choose which one you resonate with most. Um, if you don't know, take a stab in the dark and maybe look up one person that does PACT and one person that does EFT and one person that does Gottman and then interview all of them. You can go on psychology today that some that has um, a list of all different therapists. You might get a little overwhelmed or you can go to, you know, like Gottman, you could look up Gottman and you could look up. Usually these places have like practitioners mm -hmm. by, you know, who why by their different levels and where they're located. And so you could look for them that way, that way, I would probably advise that as the, mm -hmm. probably the best way to go is go to each. So I would say EFT is one to look at. Gottman is another one. And of course I always think PACT is the end all be all, but sure. um, go to those websites, look up for practitioners in your area, then, um, and then make sure to ask to interview each person so that you get a sense of their style, who they are and what you think uh, may or may not resonate for you. Um, nowadays with, you know, with COVID, COVID really changed things in a way that was beneficial to, I think, both therapists and clients is that now we can go online. Um, and so, you know, you can kind of, if there's not someone in your area, you can uh, look outside of, of your area. The only thing is if you're in California or can't remember the other um, state, I think there's one or two other ones, but those are more, um, if you live in California, you have to have somebody in California. Okay. Unless you want coaching, then you could, then somebody could get around it that way. But mm -hmm. um, otherwise, most, well, if they're licensed professional counselors, uh, then they can work in any state except for California and this other state, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so it, it gives a wide range. And the other thing is you could also, if you find somebody in another state that you really want to work with, but you want to they're, you know, you want to work in person is think of, ask them if they do, um, intensives. So you could come for, you know, three days visit wherever they are, mm -hmm. have three days of, of intensive work and then go home and then have follow-up sessions via zoom or whatever. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, um, <clears throat> how easy is it to, you know, do conduct therapy remotely? And I imagine as long as, as long as you can see, body language and things like that as well, while people are talking, that's probably uh, the way to go as well. You, you don't, you're not, um, you know, I can't think of the word uh, <laughs> restricted to somebody who's just like in your presence, in your physical presence. Yeah. I mean, there, there's certainly it's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, 
I would much rather people come into my office. Sure. Um, just there's, it's just a, like, there's certain things that I do in my office that I don't mm-hmm. have to have, you know, I have it all set up versus, mm-hmm. you know, telling the couple, oh, Hey, could you t- take me to here? Or, Hey, could mm-hmm. you set it up like this? And then we'll do whatever it is. So there's yeah. just kind of a logistical thing. Mm-hmm. It's very doable, but you know, if somebody has the capability of flying in, um, that and have some intensive, those are really great. You get a lot done in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. So awesome. just consider. Yeah. Very cool. Kitty cat's vocal. All right. Let's talk CrossFit real quick. How's, how's training going? Training. Yeah. yeah training. It's going, it's going are you, you know, are you going to do the open? I am. Okay. I actually have to register for it. But yes, you do. Uh, yeah. I always do that like last minute for whatever. What's the name of the affiliate that you'll be registering with? Coda CrossFit Iron View. Got it. Okay. We'll be watching no, that. Not later. Great. Just wanting attention. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Well, I'm going to go take a nap. Um, try to kick this cold. Oh, I'm sorry. And not- uh, we will, uh, we'll see you guys next week on another episode we'll get a good topic going and uh we'll see you guys next week yeah all right guys see you later